I could not have predicted how into mountain climbing I was going to get when I was doing the research and the writing for the Everest trilogy. Welcome to Radio Free School. your life? 
not directly. Like, I never went to a private boarding school. I actually sort of invented the boarding school because I didn't want to have to worry about, you know, parents and brothers and sisters and pet chihuahuas and, you know, all those extra characters. So um, I just sort of put together, you know, school with being away from home and kind of created a school away from home. I see. Which trail did you write first, um, Island, Dive, or Everest? Okay, Island was first. Uh, that was a big, big change for me because, you know, most of my books before that were funny. And to sort of switch over to adventure, suspense, uh, after, you know, really writing funny books for decades, uh, it, it was a tough change to make. Was Everest second? Because I pretty yes. much guessed that. Island was first, Everest was second, Dive oh, was good. third, and then the On the Run series, which is six books, came after that. I haven't read On the Run yet, but I'm probably better get them out. <laughs> okay, cool. I really like the books, though. Oh, okay, great. No, it's nice to hear. It's sort of funny for me because, you know, when I travel now, I mean, McDonald Hall is so long ago, and, and you know, the adventure writing is, is pretty recent. So I'll hear kids say things like, you know, why'd you stop writing Everest and start writing McDonald Hall? You know, when, when really, I mean, McDonald Hall was almost like my, my summer job when I was in middle school and high school. <laughs> my mom had this question, but knowing your subject matter, how far do you go? Like, did you ever go scuba dive? Mummy wrote that one, actually. Yeah, well, I'm not scuba certified, but I have been scuba diving, um, and I've snorkeled quite a bit. But but I'm not a, a real diver. I, obviously, with, with Everest, you know, I did not go to yeah. Mount Everest, which is, you know, kind of an inconvenient place to get to. I, I pretty much researched all of that. And um, with Island, you know, I did a little bit of sailing just because I happen to live near the water in, in Long Island. So I went out and did a little bit of sailing. But most of the research for the trilogies kind of came from books, you know, and, and movies and, and just the kind of things that I could access from a distance and that was just for the practicality of it you, you know um you can't just hop in the car and drive to mount everest yeah dominic star and luke are my favorite characters from the trilogies but how about you well you know uh it's kind of funny because i guess when i wrote island i always sort of saw luke as the main character like meaning the character that i mm -hmm. that i related to the most although the most popular character believe it or not, is J.J. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure why. I mean, maybe just because he's the funniest or the flakiest. Um, but when I was writing it, I probably got the most wrapped up in Dominic. And Everest, in general, was, was the subject that really kind of took my breath away the most. Uh, and, and I'm not sure why, because y if you know me as a person, like, I'm a very... I'm not a daredevil, right? I mean, y you know, I... I'm not a skydiver, I don't bungee jump, I, you know, I'm not a mountain climber. Yeah. So, you know, it's very, it's very easy to sort of think, you know, well, these guys on Everest, I mean, it's too bad if something goes wrong, but they're taking a really big risk and they know it, you know. I, I could not have predicted how into mountain climbing I was going to get when I was doing the research and the writing for the Everest trilogy. Yeah, well, I, I like diving more because it's, I just feel more comfortable in the water. Mm-hmm. Although it's in a way scarier, like when you, when you start to go down and you know mess with the mixed gases and and stuff like that. But it's also more fun, you know. Obviously, the things that happen to those kids, 
don't happen to your average diver just diving for summer vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, that I do with the books is I always hand them, before I send them to my editor, I give them to someone who's sort of experienced in those fields, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I gave a diver the first book of the dive series, and just to make sure it was realistic, and he said, yeah, you know, you really, you, you write about diving very accurately. The one thing is that more stuff goes wrong for those kids in 30 minutes of diving than has happened to me in 20 years, you know. <laughs> so really, like, I, I do use a lot of imagination to create anything that could possibly go wrong in those adventure books. Yeah, like, I read the Hardy Boys once, and they had this thing where they said about the bends, but I didn't even notice it when I read it, and then I read your books, and I was like, ah! Yeah. Well, I mean, it all depends were. how old you are when, when when you read it. You know whether you're whether you're thinking that way or not. You know how you have like the sad parts, the exciting parts, fun, like the funny parts, and the elements of suspense. Where do you, where do all your ideas come from? Well, a lot. I mean, it depends which books you're talking about. You, you know, something like McDonald Hall, which yeah, which I funny. wrote which I wrote when I was twelve. I mean, that was almost pure imagination. But something like Everest, I mean, so much of that was research. I I can honestly say Everest is completely fictional, but every single thing that happens to those kids in Everest has happened to some climber somewhere. You know, there was not a lot of invention in the Everest series. And and I'd say that's 95% true with Dive as well. You know, On the Run was a little bit different because it's about a couple of kids who are fugitives, right? And you can go to the library and check out a book on Mount Everest, but you can't go to the library and check out, you know, sort of an instruction manual on how to be a fugitive from justice. So there was probably a little bit more invention in that series, the On the Run series, than there was with Island Everest and Dive, just because it was not as possible to completely research those topics. Do you have a family or children, and do you write for them? Well, my, my kids are younger. I have I've, uh, a wife and three kids, but my oldest is seven. He's in, in grade one. You know, he's not at the level yet where he's going to be reading my books. I think he's sort of read, you know, I've read with him, Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire, but he hasn't quite, um, you know, gotten into my stuff yet. In the next few years, though. Who are your favorite authors if you only had three, you could only pick three and you've put them in first, second, and third place? <laughs> yeah, you see, it's, you know, I, I'm a big reader. I mean, all the authors I know are all kind of like a heavy-duty reading group, so it would just be impossible to pick three. I, I know in kids' books, um, I love probably most these days Jack Gantos, Jerry Spinelli, and, you know, I have to sort of save number three for Harry Potter, you know, J.K. Rowling. Oh, my God, I love those books. Um, but it's just so hard to pick one. You know, I love the the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when those books came out. Um, you know, I read so many adult books. One one of the things I've done for the because of the trilogies and the research is I've gotten into nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Into Thin Air by John Krakauer was one of the first Everest books I read, and I just you know was very just blown away by that one. Um, mm. I read The Perfect Storm when I was doing Island. I mean, you know, I just sort of did a lot of reading of nonfiction to support my writing, and mm-hmm. I got very hooked on that as well. Because that's something as a kid that I was not a fan of. I loved, I loved funny books probably the most. I mean, I am kind of a humor guy. I loved sort of survival stories, you know, like you're kind of my Side of the Mountain, you know, Hatchet, The K, kind of Lord of the Flies, like Kid Against Nature. But I was never really a nonfiction reader until I started doing research. 
You know, like, I'm not into the sad stuff. I like Lord of the Rings when Boromir dies, even though it's really sad. And then, um, I like J.R. Tolkien, my favorite books, Harry Potter 6. Have you read that one? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, well, I better not tell you I haven't. So, oh, okay. Um, and then, I like your books, and then and Tilt dies, as you know. Right, so you like sort of the more tragic elements yeah. of things. Well, I mean, that's something that I sort of deal with a lot more in my adventure stuff than I do with the funny books. You know, I try to keep it lighter, unless I'm writing sort of teen, you know, but even then, I think that uh, it's important to kind of, I don't know, like, I think that the tragedy has its place in an adventure story if it's realistic, you know, yeah. like, with Everest, the decision to have one of the four kids die, which I'd never had one of the characters, you know, people died... A couple of characters died in Ireland, but they were not the kids, right? Mm -hmm. The decision to have one of the kids actually die in the Everest series, I think, was just because it was realistic. You know, at that yeah. time, I researched it, and for every four people who had made it to the summit of Everest, one person had died. So it just seemed realistic that out of four kids, one of them would not make it. It wasn't Dominique. <laughs> that was him. He lived, he lived so... But by the, by the skin of his teeth, though. Yeah, it's still kind of sad that Tilt died as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But I also like things like Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, you know, I love Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. There was just an article about that because that cartoon was was published for you know a number of years and then he just sort of stopped and that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's too bad. Mm -hmm. What is your advice for kids who want to write novels? Um, I mean, a few things. You know, obviously read a lot, uh, write a lot, because you just get better at things you do more of. And, I mean, the rest, I think, depends on the kind of writer that you are. I think it's really important to write good dialogue, because I love dialogue. I always tell as much of the story as I can in conversation. Certainly, if you want to be a good, funny writer, the best thing to become is a good observer. But um, if you want to be a good adventure writer, maybe even more important is to be a good researcher.
shipping a throttle. What is a parent's role, as in your own experience as a writer? Did your parents, how did they encourage you, or even mentors, other mentors? Well, my, parent, my parents had a very big role because I wrote my first book when I was 12. So, you know, I mean, my mom had to drive me to, to the meeting with the publisher, <laughs> you know. It was a seventh grade English project. It was 1976, so she typed it for me, right? We obviously didn't have laptops in those days. She had to co-sign the contract with me. I mean, I, I remember a couple of uh, U.S. elections ago, they were talking about soccer moms, you know. Yeah. And my mom was almost like the soccer mom of writing books, you know, that she was always driving me somewhere. The first school visit I did, my parents drove me. There was always... They were always a part of it, you know, when I was a teenager, certainly. Mm-hmm. And even now, I mean, my mom's a great writer. So, you know, I live in New York, Long Island, and she's still up in Thornhill, north of Toronto. But uh, the first thing I do when I write something is email it up to her. Okay, so you do have someone that you just run your ideas by or your books by. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's yeah. always been her. I've been at this close to 30 years, right? And she's still a big part of what I do now. Any other mentors in your life or? Certainly editors have contributed a lot, especially the two editors that I work with now. David Levithan, who is, is my scholastic editor, I mean, I really give him no end of credit with, with sort of teaching me how to write adventure because, you know, when I first did the Island series a few years ago, really all of my books had been humorous. It was him who really taught me how to do a genre that isn't, you know, that isn't so payoff-oriented, right? Because... A humorous book has regular payoffs, the laugh, whereas a, an adventure book doesn't. And my other editor is at Hyperion. Uh, her name is Alessandra Balzer. And uh, she has really taught me a lot about uh, developing ideas and um, sort of the form of the novel in general, balance and paying proper attention to background characters, Sometimes I have to work on my female characters because I have too much of a male perspective. I think that I've learned a lot from her in that way. People have actually been in the business. You know, Paula Danziger is a, is a, a very famous children's book writer who passed away, I think, in the last year, year and a half. And she was a great mentor for me from the standpoint of you know, just be, how to conduct yourself in the business, you know, school mm-hmm. visits and publishers and, and just being a, a sort of public figure within the context of publishing. It sounds like you're always growing and yeah, oh, you continue now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you sort of get into your ruts, you know, and ad- adventure writing was like a major change for me. So I think that really uh, kind of helped me reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still look at it relatively late, you know, because a few years ago is, is, is pretty late in a 30-year career, but that's probably a perspective that I have that, maybe not a lot of readers do just because they may only know me originally through my my adventure books mm-hmm. and it's interesting that you focus on the um, on the teenage ages right, right now like are you interested in doing anything for adults if you'd have spoken to me you know 10 years ago or 20 years ago I mean I always sort of thought that I was building up to writing an adult book but mm-hmm. I, I'm not so keen on it anymore mm-hmm. I mean I love doing the teen stuff and um, Teen is sort of a very interesting genre right now because um, it's almost becoming 
not so much my books, but, but the genre itself is becoming almost more a subgenre of adult than a subgenre of kids' books. Something like Island Everest and Dive, or even, you know, McDonald Hall books and, and that kind of thing, uh, they sell really a lot through the school market. And trade is almost sort of, you know, bookstores and all that is almost secondary. Uh, whereas in teen books, because teen books are very racy now and, and you know, kind of um, very trade and slick, they tend to sell very much based on stores. Uh, so it's almost like a completely different industry, even though the kids who read them are really only a couple of years older. The craft of writing a book, the art of it. Do you have any tips there on crafting a book? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, it's always different. It depends on the book. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for me, it's changed as I've gotten older, um, and I've focused on different kinds of things in, in my writing. For me, like, I started this, as a, a funny book writer. And I, lo- I was totally devoted to humor. I mean, when I was two years old, and my big ambition in life was to be a dog when I grew up. You know, <laughs> the cartoons on TV that were my favorites were, were the funny ones. The craft of writing humor is really, um, is really based on payoffs, right? Like the laughs become the payoffs, and you sort of, the reader follows it from, from payoff to payoff. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're writing adventure, I mean... There is no payoff directly like that. I mean, it's more based on caring about the characters and the story and being invested in them and and what's happening. Uh, So I sort of had to learn the craft of of writing adventure more recently. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you're always learning and you're always changing. And sometimes... Learning something new is the best thing you can do. You know, when you get too good at something, you're almost, you're almost at a disadvantage because you're sort of relying on what's worked before. Right. Whereas you, you think better when you're a little bit under the gun, you know, when you're a little bit sort of flying by the seat of your pants. And I think that one of the reasons why I've had so much success with the adventure books is because I didn't know how to do it. And I was really kind of floundering and experimenting and flying by the seat of my pants. And those books came out great. Everything helps something else. Like, uh, I have a teen book called Son of the Mob, which is about a kid whose dad is a gangster, right? And um, I wrote that book right after Island. And so I taught myself to do research for the Island series, and I'd never done much research before. So I was able to apply that when I was writing about organized crime and this sort of straight-laced kid who grows up in an organized crime family. Um, I don't know if I could have done the same job on Son of the Mob if I hadn't had the experience of writing Island first and doing research. So individual books kind of help you with other books. It's all part of your own kind of long-term education. The one more thing was that, would you say you write for yourself? Yeah, I mean, in a way, you always write for yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're the audience. It, it, it's definitely true. I, I do a lot of school visits and, I, and, and public appearances, and I always tell kids, you, you know, if you're bored writing, it's not going to be interesting for anybody else to read. Like, in the end, the ultimate audience, the person, as you kind of take your breath at the computer and sort of say, is this any good? The only person to judge that at that moment is you. So you have to be your own audience. But... That being said, like, as I've done this for a really long time, I mean, I have a lot of experience in the business, and so 
you know, I do know a lot about how books are marketed and how they're sold. Uh, it can always surprise you, but I guess I'm a little bit jaded just because I've been at this for a long time. We just have one parting question that everyone wants to ask your latest book. What do you got cooking? Right. The new series is called On the Run, and it's a six-book series about uh, a couple of kids who become fugitives. Uh, who are wanted by the FBI. So some of you might know the, the book Chasing the Falconers. That's the first on-the-run book. My next teen novel will be coming out in April, and it's called Born to Rock. It's the story of a high school kid who suddenly discovers that his biological father was a punk rock star from the 1980s. I, I had a blast with that because... You know, there's some kids, you always have your weird fantasy as you grow up. You know, do you want to be like a famous movie star or a famous, you know, athlete or hockey player or something? And, and my sort of, you know, unrealistic kid fantasy was always to be a rock star. So to sort of examine like the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, was really, really fun as a writer. You know my favorite one of your, um, so far in the McDonald's Hall series, mm -hmm. is um, Go Jump in the Pool. Oh, go Jump in the Pool, oh, okay. Yeah, I think Madeline likes it the most too, but of course she's only read that one. So. Yeah, well there's seven McDonald's Halls, right? There's, yeah. um, it's going back a ways, that is a series, like, On the Run is a six book series, but all six books were written in, let's say, the space of two years. You know, like I basically wrote one after the other after the other. The McDonald Hall books, I mean, I wrote the first one when I was 12. You know, I wrote the fourth one when I was, like, 18. And by the time I wrote the seventh, I was probably about 30. So those books, they happened to be a series, but they were never intended to be a series. They were just a bunch of novels that happened to be about the same characters. Okay. The last McDonald Hall book was originally called Something Fishy at McDonald Hall, but the new title is the joke's on us. It's, you know, sometimes they change titles of books when they're redesigned and, and re-released. Yeah, it's really neat for me to see that series come around. And, and especially neat for me now, because I've been doing this for so long, is to look at my fan base, which of course has kids, but at the same time, you know, I have a lot of readers in their 30s who still remember reading my books when, when they were kids. So it's sort of neat to see these different generations of my audience kind of, you know, come to the fore. And you know, on my website, it's almost like a culture war between people who are 10 or 11 and people who are, you know, 33 and 34. But it's, it's just really neat to feel like I've participated in people's lives in that small way as they've grown up reading my books.
Contact Radio Free School at grassroots at hwcn.org or mail P.O. Box 19, 1280 Main Street West, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, L8S. One C O.